Hello everyone, and welcome back to those viewers who have been with us since the first episode. We have a lot in store for you today, folks. Who knew how fun interviews can be? For all interviews that were conducted in this episode, these are personal opinions and should not be taken as official statements due to their position at Syracuse University. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to give you new insight on what the hell is going on. But before I do that, for those who are joining us today, I am your host, Miguel Pica. I'm a junior at Syracuse University pursuing a Bachelor of Arts in Policy Studies, wanting to make a difference in today's world, and I will, one day at a time. I love to be blunt, I love to go outdoors, and I love to travel around the world and see what's out there. Okay, there's a little bit about me. It is now time for us to get started with our show. You are currently listening to Gen Z. Talk to me. How many of you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even LinkedIn? How about shopping online on Amazon or eBay? Do you like coupons? Because I know I do. Well, my friends, for everyone who is connected in this world of social media and online shopping, your information is in the cyber world. That is right. Whatever you put out there, it is stored in some sort of database or software. Credit card information, social security, email addresses, your physical address, hell, even your birthday. Everyone's information is already exposed. Every time you search in Google or log into Facebook, you'd see targeted ads on some sort of product you may have recently searched. Every day, your information is being collected without you realizing it. Fun fact, we all claim to care about our privacy, but reality is we all do not take the necessary steps to protect our information and in ways openly give out our information without even realizing it. When it comes to marketing, the consumer and their interests are targeted. The more you are on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or use Google to search information, the more information you are giving to third parties and cookies to access that information. All generations claim to have privacy awareness, but the real question is, are you truly aware of your privacy and taking the necessary steps to protect your information? Regardless of the company policy practices, people use technology and share their information based on their views of privacy than anything having to do with technology itself. I know. I threw quite a bit of information out there in the beginning, but hey, let's talk about it. Since we are all familiar with Facebook, how many of you have set your profiles to private? I know I have, and let me tell you, I feel safe as hell. But guess what? Unfortunately, that is not 100% true. How many of you can recall the data breach Facebook had recently? You heard me correctly, Facebook. If you do not know this, Facebook had a data breach back in July of 2017 that was not discovered until September of 2018. Over 50 million users had their information compromised at the time. This includes not only your birthday, your name, email, and your hometown information, but also your cellular uh, device if you have used that on your account. It did not matter if you had your information set to private or not. What if I told you that the hacker got access to this information thanks to the software update Facebook did. Guess which software? I bet you have no idea. They bug the only online privacy tool to improve your privacy. Crazy, right? It's so humorous to know that Facebook wanted to improve your privacy, yet the hacker hacked the software to gain access to your information through that privacy protection. I conducted an interview this past week with a few professors on privacy awareness, and I'll let you hear what they have to say to that. Not only 50 million users are affected, but up to 540 million users today. If that didn't catch your attention, how about Equifax? 
Did you know Equifax had a data breach in mid-May to late July of 2017? Man, it seems like 2017 was a year of data breaching. For those who do not know who Equifax is, Equifax Incorporation is one of the largest of the three consumer credit reporting agencies, along with Experian and TransUnion. Equifax collects and aggregates information on over 800 million individual consumers and more than 88 million businesses worldwide. And yes, you heard me correctly. Equifax collects and aggregates information on over 800 million individuals and more than 88 million businesses worldwide. Damn, that's a lot of people. It is as if I am part of those numbers. Well, back in September of 2017, 147 million people had their personal information compromised. You may be wondering, what kind of information? Well, of course, the juicy kind. This would include social security numbers, your home of residence, your birthday, driver license number, and even credit card information. Now, you may be thinking, everyone's information is already out there. All I must do is get my information changed and contact my bank immediately, and everything will be resolved. Let's ask what Dr. London has to say about that. Dr. London is the Associate Dean of the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs and a professor in the Sociology Department. My choices about using or not using, I, I understand that there are risks. Um, like with your email and your phone number being yeah, out there? Yeah, I understand all of that. Um, I still do online banking and, and pay bills online and things like that. Okay. I, I get that there are problems. But that's just living in 2019, right? Today's technology and age, you're going to have always risks in every single situation. So I take it as I come. When my credit card gets hacked or whatever, then I cancel my credit card and deal with it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That's the best you can do. Yeah, it is true. Dr. Lana himself, during our interview, can give you his two cents and agree. But you probably don't know is with this information, those who have stolen it, can use this information to open up new accounts under your name, file tax returns fraudulently to obtain refunds, rent and buy new properties, and do criminal acts under your name. Your information is compromised. Even with the security in place, your information is someone else's hands right now as we speak, waiting to be exposed. Yes, we can change our information, let our bank know, but that's going to take time. Who said that they're going to compromise your information now? Three years from now, They could use it and access this information, and you would have totally forgot or been unaware that your information was taken in the first place. Now, who loves to shop online? I know I do. I tend to window shop myself, and I don't know about you, but I need to kill time. I know many people who also love to shop as well. People tend to either use Amazon or eBay to shop online, and we trust these online companies to keep our information safe. But... What if I told you 145 million users on eBay also had their information compromised back in 2014, February and early March? Good news though, all those users only had to do was change their passwords as eBay stored their users' information, especially credit card information, on a different platform and are heavily encrypted. It makes me wonder though, how could eBay successfully preserve their user information but Capital One one of the top five credit issuing companies in the United States could not. It makes me wonder, how did eBay protect its information of its users compared to Equifax and Facebook, 
who have larger amount of clients and their information that they should secure more compared to eBay. eBay just had that credit information. Equifax had social security, your actual residency. They had all these vital numbers. Yeah, eBay, all their users had to do was change their password. Facebook, everything was collected on Facebook. Whatever you post, someone else had eyes on it and could draw your attention. How could eBay have such wisdom to where they can protect their clients' information as they did? And it makes me happy knowing that their encryption was more secured than it was on Equifax. Obviously, your information is being collected, unfortunately, when you're aware or when you're unaware. And some of the tactics where you are aware, where you don't realize it's on a simple survey. Out of curiosity, if a company asks you to fill out a survey so they can improve a product for you and your needs, would you fill it out? I don't know about you, but I'm very resilient in completing surveys and handing out my information. This even includes the university I attend. I know I'm not alone. Talking to Dr. Castro, he will explain about how he feels about this information. Dr. Peter Castro is an applied anthropologist at Syracuse University. No. Um, yeah, and I'm in the social science business of getting information from people. But I'm very reluctant, uh, especially uh, if I'm not face-to-face with somebody to give information away. Um, so I, I, you know, for one thing, you don't know who's on the other end of the computer there. Uh, but I, I value privacy. I think that that uh, and anonymity, uh, believe it or not, uh, I think is is important and. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm actually fairly hostile to these things, and um, you know never never respond, you know unless it's uh, a fairly simple-minded thing, yeah, SU versus uh, whatever uh, Duke. Uh, how did the defense do, or whatever? A simple poll on um, Syracuse.com. I might you know oh the whatever I give the coaching a B today or something. <laughs> You know, which you know is fairly low in terms of information, and certainly it's done anonymously. So you're very protective of your information, and yeah, you feel, do I you think, feel? And my time. I mean, I think a lot of these things are wastes of of time, uh, and even uh, sometimes the university sends out surveys, and I start to look at them, and it's just like God, this they're poorly constructed and. Uh, uh, you know, I have very little faith that the information is really going to be used in any meaningful way. At the end of the day, no one needs access to your information. And if the person who's administering it told you their intent, make sure it is pure. Otherwise, there is no reason to do it. Now, there were some interesting results I got from a couple interviews I had with some members from Generation Z. They do feel the same way, but only... Are they willing to get out their information if they're going to get an incentive in return? And we are not talking about just 10% off. They will ask for something more significant in return. If a company asks you for your information or do you fill out a survey so they can improve a product to your needs, would you openly comply? Yes or no and why? Um, only if there is a monetary incentive. Uh, I don't feel comfortable giving out my information um, in a survey for marketing. Um, just because um, there had to be some kind of incentive to that.
you you want to, like if I do this for you, do something for me. Exactly. Like, did I have to give like a fifty percent discount or something? Oh, you so you want to like actually in a way kind of barter, saying like if I'm doing this for you, you better give me something quality back. Definitely. Not just like ten percent. You want fifty percent. Fifty percent. No kidding. Okay. Definitely. Like you know, if it's not too long, if it's like short, snippy, whatever, done. Like you know, like it won't take even like five minutes. Whatever. Like I'll I don't mind doing it, but if it's longer than like. Where's the incentive? Like, give me, like, like you know what I mean? I want something in return. If we're giving your information, yeah. you're like, all right, if I'm going to help you, give yeah, me something in return. exactly. Exactly. Like, I just don't want, like, I, like, God knows we barely have any time on this earth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just don't like wasting my time, you know? Make my, make it worth my while. Something that makes more. You have just heard from Alexander Perez and Annie Tepet. They're both freshmen here at Syracuse University. They are not wrong. If they are going to give out their information, as long as it's not too personally identifiable to themselves, then okay, that's not so bad, but it better be worth their time. As Annie said, she does not want to sit there and yet waste her time, five minutes, as she's only here for so long on the earth. But reality is, she doesn't want to give out information if it's not going to be used, or like Alex said, used in the right intentions. Listening further, Alex continues on how he feels about consumers releasing some of their information so they can produce a product. Do you believe consumers should release some of their information to companies so they can produce a product? If yes, what kind of information should a consumer give? If no, why? Um, well, coming from like the programming aspect of things, I definitely think it's, it's, it's very beneficial for the companies to have information on, on the uh, customers just because um, it, it makes better decisions for the customers and it could push sales. Um, but then again, that is scary because you don't know what kind of data is being um, pushed upon them. For instance, uh, if, if Amazon takes your data from the health app and realizes that you're doing more exercise, they might be able to push like a Fitbit or, or a water bottle or, or protein powder or something. Um, so it, it just depends on what you're comfortable with, really, in, in sharing. Now do, you, now, do you know that they're going to use your information in a good way? Or, they, or how do you feel like if you give that information out to them, what if they said doing, told you one thing but turned into another? So yeah, that's the whole thing. What I'm mostly paranoid about is them having my data and not using it for what they intended to, like uh, developing AI or, or just machine learning on me. I'd just rather not have that. You'd rather not have that. I'm with Alex. You don't know what intent they may have and it's gonna make you anxious and make you wonder if they tell me one thing are they gonna keep their word and altogether are they gonna keep their promises as they're actually gonna be genuine with the information you need to make sure when you are gonna take these surveys that these people have the right intentions in mind and they're gonna stick true with it do the history and research on these companies to make sure it is genuine and they are in fact not going to exploit your information, but instead use it to enhance your information. Obviously, if they do ask for an email, they're going to send you probably coupons in the mail, or they're going to contact you in some shape, way, or form. But try to make sure if you do give out any information, you keep it to a bare minimum. We always talk about how we all want to be secured with our information, but we all don't take the privacy or the right steps to ensure our data is not collected. Now, not only do people collect information through surveys, social media, and breaching large financial institutions, 
but also through your iPhone and cellular device. Every application you download to your phone collects data and information passively. Every time you hit agree user terms or allow access to cookies, you are sending an open invitation to third parties to your information. Think about it. How are targeted ads populating your phone on Facebook or when you're listening to Pandora or looking up the weather? They got this information from recent searches you've made online based on your interests. In a couple moments, you are about to hear an interview between me and Dr. Wilmoth. She is a professor here in the sociology department at Syracuse University and how she feels about her information being passively collected. We're concerned with what information is being passively collected by apps on my phone. And that's, that's the one thing I definitely wanted to talk about because yeah. I know a lot of people aren't aware of like the passive, like the emails you put out there, your information, like your birthday. Exactly. Or, you know, like tracking location, you know, the movement, you know, those sorts of things. Like, you know, when an app will pop up and say, do you want me to access your location? I usually say no because I'm like, no, I really don't want you tracking my location. Or like when you go on the search engines and then they'll automatically find those advertisements exactly. on Facebook targeting ads. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I, I worry more more about that aspect of privacy than the parts that I can con can control. But you feel like you have more, you're very aware of your privacy information. You yeah, have and that control. Yeah, trying, no, I don't feel like I have control over the passive part at all because I feel like anytime you like want to download an app or do something that requires you to check the I agree box, I mean, you're, you're releasing. basically releasing, like relinquishing your privacy. Um, but sometimes you need the app, right? The mobile app for something. So I, I, I hate having to push that. I agree, you know, to even do like updates of, you know, things. I just like feel like I have no idea. I, and who reads all the fine print? No one. Yeah, exactly. No one I've ever met has exactly. actually sat there right Exactly, it. exactly. So um, I, I don't feel, I feel like I control what I put out in terms of my emails or my whatever, Facebook posts or whatever, but I, I don't feel like I can control that stuff that's happening in the back on the back end yeah i don't know about yeah okay you just heard how dr wilmoth feels about when it comes to that passive collection we all need to be more concerned about like you know when apple maps ask you to follow and track your location or when you download these apps they're always tinkering with the user agreements but we never read the fine print i mean whoever does that i know i personally don't but maybe we should so we understand who has access to this collection of information or who is going to be willing to – who is allowing that access. And obviously we are giving consent. For some reason, she says she felt the need like for some applications. You need these applications. So you have to be willing to give up some of that information, that right. But reality is you really don't have to if you don't want to. If we read the fine print more, maybe we could protect more of our information instead of allowing access to these – cookies legally what was very interesting though is that she did bring up a valid point she talked about maps google maps apple maps about collecting information as you move or go around when these updates dr castro will also expand on how he felt when he felt the data collection when he was traveling in mexico he will not only just explain how he feels about his trip in Mexico and his information being collected, but he also will expand on about the cookies when even at school at the university. Mm. Well, I think the issue today is with things 
uh, like um, going to websites and whatever the the tracking cookies or whatever they call these things uh, is that information is being taken about you, where what sites you go to and so forth, without your your you know conscious. Um, approval consent thank you mm -hmm. that that uh, one time I went in uh, 2018 to Mexico and I would whatever be checking like what's the weather gonna be in this place what the weather's gonna be in that place and then when I got back and my laptop showed me from the weather.com of all the places I had been and it really struck me that oh my god yeah this thing has been tracking me and certainly weather.com has been and now whoever they've sold the information about this customer so and again i think uh the scandals like with cambridge analytica and uh, manipulation of information for elections you you don't realize that how you're creating this kind of electronic uh version of yourself and and then it gets plugged into whatever these uh, what do they call those things algorithms and um and there you are i mean there are people who are basically sort of going to end up manipulating you uh with data that you uh, very uh, openly provided that that being said so when i'm online i at home especially i use um uh, things that will reduce the tracking cookies and so forth but here on campus I notice that we seem to have a, a little bit less control over that and you know so places pop up and say well we're we use whatever uh, cookies or here's our policy or whatever then I usually just say oh I'm okay with that you know like what am I gonna do Castor is right no matter what they are going to get your information it's like what can you do with a, especially when it comes to university, there's not really much you can do in that situation. But when it comes to your information, because they make a virtual algorithm, as he said, you are creating your own identity, and these people are collecting that information. But there are ways of you protecting your rights and privacies. You can de develop software. You, we can download software to protect your information, your rights. We all believe in privacy. And we all want to practice privacy awareness, but it's amazing that we all are willing, in a way, to give up our own information. I know I, for one, am guilty of it. I have given up my information without even realizing it at times, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, because there's only so much you should give out. But I don't know if you should be willing to give out your information when it comes to online ads online advertisements, weather. I mean, I'm also guilty of that with the Google Maps. I allow them to check my location to help me get to my next destination. But as Castro and Dr. Wilmoth said, you are in, they're going to passively collect that information. And then, like Castro said, you create an algorithm of yourself. You create a virtual self identity in this virtual world, which people will have this information. It will be sold from this information gained. In the end, we claim that we want to protect our information, and we are aware of those collecting it with our permission, but is that true? Regardless of the company policy and practices, people will use technology 
and share their information based more on their views of privacy than anything that has to do with technology itself. I, for one, am guilty of this. I preach how I am part of privacy awareness and I take the high most utmost security with my information, but I know for a fact also that my information has been compromised on numerous occasions. And when I think I am doing the most proficient way of private practice, I have also fell for the greedy to user terms and cookies on websites. We all preach about privacy, but when it comes to privacy awareness, we aren't always aware of what we think we're aware of. Well, folks, this concludes our episode today. How secure are you when it comes to your information online, especially with social media? Do you feel that you are in control of your information? Do you believe consumers should release some of their information to companies so they can produce a product? If yes, what kind of information should the consumer give? Think about these questions and then also wonder, is your information compromised? If it is, or any way, shape, or form, what can you do to protect your information now? Tune in next time as we talk about the environment and sustainability. I'm Miguel Pica, and we will see you again next week.